So here's a question. In a world that keeps moving faster and faster, how do women leaders like us, women who want to make an impact in the world through our career or business and not sacrifice our home life, how do we create balance and fulfillment in our lives, both at work and at home, without facing burnout or constantly feeling like we're chasing an impossible dream? That's the question, and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the Selfless Syndrome Show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm on a mission to help women leaders break through burnout so that they can build the life and body they are worthy of and step into the awesome power of who they really are. I'm the Selfless Syndrome Mentor, a board-certified women's health and leadership coach and alternative medicine practitioner. I'm a wife, mom, and stepmom to four boys and a furball, and I'm the founder of a rapidly growing women-centered coaching business. Stick around because on this show, you'll learn how to create the life, body, and career you've always dreamed of without having to sacrifice who you really are. Let's go. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm really excited to be joined today by Karen Seitz, who is a former spiritual healer. She realized her clients were not getting better, and she was frustrated that she could not deliver the results her clients wanted, even though she was trying lots of different healing modalities and coaching techniques. She knew Uh, She also wasn't getting the changes she wanted in her own life, and she secretly lacked any confidence in her ability to change. Her adult life had stalled. Pretty sure most of us can relate to this story, but (laughs) I'll I'll finish your introduction. So in in searching for answers, um, Karen found the missing piece that would ultimately transform her life and her clients. There's something very profound in owning that she is the problem in her life. The awareness pushed her to confront herself and get serious about herself and her life. And she now lives a fulfilled life, teaching others the same journey that she has taken to find herself and be happy. So I help me in welcoming the happiness mentor, Karen. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I know we're going to have a fun conversation. <laughs> I know Every woman, I'm pretty sure who listens to the show, myself included, can relate to that. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking a little bit when we started and I'll have you share your story, but just that, you know, that that place where you look around and it's like you have you have all the things but you don't feel fulfilled or happy or like you've achieved anything um I've been very here, relatable so. yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and you know and how do we move past that so I would love let's I, I love to open up with just kind of hearing some of your journey and how you got mm-hmm. to, to doing what you do and then we can dive into what do we do from here of so, course yeah. yeah so very much my journey started um, at the place most of us as women find ourselves at some point in our life, especially when we're more driven um, or high achieving or really going towards what I call checking the boxes in life of what we think we're supposed to do and, and the next steps we're supposed to take to have a life that is meaningful and purposeful. Um, and that was very much me. So when I was 31, I'm 38 now, about to be 39. Uh, when I was 31, I very much had what I called a 30 something crisis of my journey looked like I was doing all the things spiritually and self-help wise and personal growth wise, um, and had gotten to a point of doing all this work on myself and still feeling like I didn't know who I was, still looking to other people to tell me who I was, 
looking to others to give me answers, lots of books to give me answers. I had shelves and shelves and shelves of self-help books. Um, some I had read, some had never even been open. And I remember my husband like, uh, how many more books are you going to order on Amazon? And it was like, whatever somebody told me to get, I got. And I was at this place of just total insecurity, uh, feeling like a little girl trapped in a woman's body and wondering if I was ever going to get my life figured out. And the worst part was that I had a healing practice. So all the things that I studied spiritually, I trained in, became certified in. I was a certified yoga teacher. I was a shamanic practitioner. I was a Reiki master, did lots of energy work. I did intuitive work for people and people were coming to me for their answers. And I still was a mess on the inside, even though on the outside, everything looked great. And I did my best to believe in that, but I, I knew how I felt on the inside. So I really ended up feeling like a, a total fraud um, and an imposter in my life. And from there, uh, very fortuitously, I met my mentors, David and Peggy, who I actually work with now and um, have been working with for the past eight years. They were the first people in a very profound way to help me see that my answers are in me <laughs> and that my answers weren't out in the books and they weren't out in the healers, that they didn't have my answers, um, that they were in me. And they also helped me see that I was the problem in my life, that it wasn't my past. It wasn't my upbringing. It wasn't my husband. It wasn't my past relationships. Um, or at that point in my beliefs, it wasn't my past lives <laughs> that were the problem. It was me and the choices and decisions I was making in my life that caused me to feel unfulfilled, empty, and very insecure on the inside. And that very much began a journey of building a relationship with myself, learning how to be true to myself and to put myself first, uh, not in a selfish way. Uh, which I can talk more about later, but in, in a way of being the best version of myself. And now I live a very simple, normal, everyday life. I often say I went from woo-woo to like average, normal, everyday woman <laughs> um, and found the things that are actually true to me and discovered everything I was doing wasn't me. It was everything people had told me I needed to do. Um, and so my life looks very different now, but that's how I got to this place now of being the happiness mentor and working with other women who have a similar story as I do, whether it's spiritual or the career path or the corporate path or um, the marriage path and the kids path, whatever it is that got them to a place of, oh my gosh, is this my life? And is it ever going to be anything else? And um, I love I love to get to, to show a different way and a different path that I've taken. Yeah. Absolutely. Super powerful. And I know we're going to have a really great conversation. I just, <laughs> when you were talking about like, I am the problem, I just had the, there's a line in Bridesmaids that Melissa McCarthy delivers that, you know, <laughs> you're the problem and you're also the solution. <laughs> I remember that. Is that the part yeah. where she's like slapping her? Like, yeah, on the couch. On the yeah. couch. That's, <laughs> so not that's to, a classic, know. a classic uh, scene of a movie. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. Like, all right, like yeah. they were telling me, and then it was like I was like slapping myself awake. So I can't yeah, like life to is that. beating us up, but really we're doing it to ourselves. Exactly. We're, we're exactly. The um, yeah. So bringing some comic relief into all of us. But you know, let's let's dive in because you know I think 
happiness is one of those things that we tend to put things outside of us like, oh, I'll be happy when, or I will be fulfilled when, or I'll get to retire when, or, uh, you know, I'll get to take care of myself when, and then there's like a thing that has to happen. Right. And what so few of us realize, and it sounds like this is, you know, a lot of what you teach is like happiness is a choice Mm -hmm. on a deep level. So maybe we can dive into like, how do we get to that place where where we can let go of all the things? And there's so much. And I, you know, I've been in a similar situation when I was kind of going through my first marriage ended in divorce. I've talked about it on the show quite a bit, but my Mm ex-husband was an alcoholic. And so I was like, I just wanted answers from anywhere. So I was, you know, reading all the books and going to Al-Anon meetings and doing all the things. And like, ultimately it had to come from me and and tapping into intuition. And I know we're going to talk some about reconnecting with ourselves because yeah, absolutely. We start, but you know, for you, like in your journey, where did you have to start or or what, what, what do you now work with clients on? Like, where's the first step? Yeah. First step. (laughs) Finding this thing called happiness. Of course. Yeah. Cause it, it, it does. It seems like, um, I kind of wanted two things. Happiness seems really ambiguous um, and, or uh, nebulous, I guess might be a better word, kind of nebulous and vague. And we live in a culture where we're a lot of what we read or might talk with a therapist about, or, or someone else who is working in the personal growth and personal development arena is happiness is different for everyone. I, strongly disagree with that. Um, and here's why the, the problem with that is it makes it really, it, that actually feeds it being very vague and nebulous and, and hard yeah. to reach and makes it very complicated when happiness and in, in my experience and what I teach others, once we have a roadmap is actually very simple and there's a universal solution. And I'm not saying that my way is the right way or the only way mm-hmm. it's what's worked for me. And it's what it it's what works for the people that I work with, um, but the the first and and then the other piece of where we can get lost in it is what you were saying, Alex. Is we have lived our whole lives looking for it outside of us and 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 looking for happiness to come to us from the different things we do in life or the relationships we have, and it doesn't work, and we know it, and it's always short lived. So then we become terrified that if we are happy. It's just going to be taken away from us. So why even try? Or we pretend we're happy and have the the happy facade, which I call the happy pill, not actual an actual pill, but yeah. where we right where we try to see the silver lining and everything and the bright side and just put on a happy face and that was me. So that's why I think it's so vague and, and hard to pinpoint. And the first step is really coming down or coming back to what we all know as adults that we've heard many, many times and read if, you know, if you're a self-help junkie, like I was, uh, we've read it a lot, uh, that happiness is an inside job that no one and no thing can make you happy yet in our human pursuit of happiness. That's exactly where we get trapped. We go to college, we get the degree and we get the masters. Um, we get married, we have kids, we get the house, we take the vacations um, or any, any version of that. And that pursuit of happiness is the, the very thing keeping us unhappy because we are looking outside of us to get a sense of meaning and purpose, to get our sense of fulfillment. 
So step one is really embracing that it's true. There's no one and no thing that can make you happy. It has to come from within. Then the next piece that I think is really important is even just understanding what happiness is and defining happiness, because that's where we get really confused too. I thought in my journey, I thought happiness was a feeling. So I was constantly chasing the feeling and the emotion of happy, which I wanted to be what I felt like after a great yoga class, that blissed out Zen feeling. (laughs) And that's what I spent my journey chasing. Like, I just want to get to a place where I feel like that all the time. And then I constantly disappointed because that's not realistic. It's not realistic that we're going to feel amazing and blissed out and happy all the time because that's not life. Life is full of ups and downs. It's full of curveballs, the unexpected. And if we're going through a loss or a divorce or losing a job or having financial hardship and fallout or COVID, (laughs) we're not going to feel happy during that time. We might have moments of it, but it's not realistic to think we're supposed to feel that. So how I define happy is that it's really a state of being it's, it's a deep acceptance of who I am and the life that I have that I've created through my own choices and decisions. And so how I define that as happy, and I speak in I language, but I'm not talking about myself. It just makes it more powerful if you're listening to say this as you and <laughs> uh, yeah. I language, right? Is I only want to be me and I only want the life I have. Not because of what's in it or the things I'm grateful for, but because I have a deep acceptance of myself and my life. It's it's a deep contentment and fulfillment in who we are that comes from embracing life, embracing our choices and decisions, and really being here to grow and learn and become the best version of ourselves. Absolutely. You and I are aligned on so many levels, but, you know, for... For those listening, you've said a couple of things that I think bear just bringing light to and attention to. And, you know, one is that we create our lives, right? Like, I think many of us can feel like we're at the effect of life or we, you know, we are victims or we place blame or, you know, all of this. And and so I I say this with a caveat of like, no, you didn't create like horrible trauma or or any of that. There's circumstances that happen to us, but we get to choose what we do with it. We do right? and and how we live our life. It's like Eleanor Roosevelt says, you know, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Uh, like that's we, a great quote. Yeah. We 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 have a choice in how we respond and you know what we choose to focus on also. Um yeah. we do. Our life. So we do. Was, yeah. 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 And it's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> like yeah. Know. Yeah. Absolutely. So it is. Um and I know we were we were talking before we hit record. A lot of this is about you know the internal work that we have to. It's about going within, and and I teach this with my clients as well. Like so much of, you know, I used to do like oh the nutrition stuff and all that because I'm helping women balance hormones and all that stuff's become like bonus material that you know they can go through if they want. And it's more about like what's in here, like yes. let's get reconnected to this. And I had to do this. You know, I live so much in my head, and I think most high performing achieving women do it's like we're very smart and so we intellectualize and it's like I've always thought I just mm. process emotions quickly but it's more I don't feel them 
and I just, you know, analyze it in my head and I'm like, oh, I'm good. And that, yeah. that's, there's a disconnect there because we store things in our body. So I can very much relate to that. That was very yeah. much my journey um, in the different, um, the, the spiritual seeking I went off on. It, 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 I wasn't processing anything. I was putting a smile on my face, stuffing and, and denying and suppressing because I thought if I was going to be okay, that I needed to get to a place where nothing affected me and I didn't have negative emotions and I only had positive emotions. And that's where I was trying to get to. And it was like, no wonder I felt like such a mess because again, that's not realistic. That's not the human experience to only have positive emotions and good feelings and optimism yeah. and positive thinking all the time. It, it, it doesn't work. No. And I think it's, you know, you're, you're running into a trap and a hole of, you know, we have to, the, the big thing is we have to honor our emotions and like, they're just because a lot of the things that hurt or are hard or like, you know, and the emotions have vibrational frequencies. So like, you know, things that vibrate lower, like shame, guilt, all of that stuff. And we don't want to dwell there and keep recreating it, but we also have to allow ourselves to let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. We need to acknowledge that it's there. Like, you know, when I had gotten divorced, I had a guy I worked with, he was like, he just asked me point blank. He's like, are you lonely? And I'm like, no. I mean, the reality was, yes, I was very lonely. <laughs> like, yeah. I had been lonely in my marriage and all the things, but it, I didn't want to, you know, we don't want to admit that. Yeah. It's hard and scary and yucky, but until yeah. we do, it just continues can't. to fester. Yeah. We can't do anything about it. And I'd say that was what was really different when I met my mentors that I talked about a little bit ago, what was so different about the work they were teaching and what I now you know, do in my own life and, and teach with other clients is this concept of being honest with myself and actually shining a light on the very things that I denied and suppressed about myself. Like you said, not to dwell there or wallow there, but to actually own that experience as who I am and to look at my choices and decisions that were creating that experience of myself, not pinning it on hardship or things that had happened in my past, really just looking at myself because I only have control to change me. And while it can feel very scary to be honest with ourselves and shine the light on the very things we don't want to see, that's the very thing that then allows us to be free. Because what you were talking about, Alex, is that I can't heal or change the things I deny about myself. I can only heal or change the things I'm willing to look at, admit, and take responsibility for. And that's very freeing. And you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, that's such a tough pill to swallow that I need to take 100% responsibility for myself and my life. And I, I used to say that and validate that. Like, yeah, it is a tough pill to swallow. And now I know, no, it's, it's really not. It, it's a tough pill to swallow to stay in the pain and the emptiness and unfulfillment we feel when we live in denial, it's very freeing to shine the light and actually take responsibility and keep moving forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And for those listening, I mean, it sounds scary, but I can honestly say the moments when I've been willing mm -hmm. to really look at myself and, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is perspective shift and a willingness to like ask, what do I, you know, what do I not see what I need to mm -hmm. see, but there's so much power in moving forward and becoming really who we're meant to be. Like all of this is really connecting to who we really are. Um, 
without, you know, what society says or what, you know, <laughs> what this, you know, group that we followed says or, or just much. a lot of the things that you've experienced as well. So, yeah. Um, so, in the, like, uh, and we, we sort of talked about this and I've talked about, you know, some of the methods and things I've used to reconnect myself, but mm-hmm. what, what things help you? Mm-hmm. Like when I'm certified in heart math, um, that's a new thing for me. So one of the things is like mm-hmm. actually just bringing attention to my body, mm-hmm. <laughs> connecting to my heart or connecting to different areas of my body. But what are some of the things that you've mm-hmm. employed that helps mm-hmm. you get out of here and into your body? Here being yeah. Head, so it's not watching. Yeah. So One of the things that has been really helpful to me because I was on a path, especially with practicing yoga, I did um, a lot of breath work with a therapist I was seeing that employed a lot of um, what might be considered new age or just different techniques than I maybe would have seen with a more traditional therapist. And it was all somatic work getting into my getting into my body. And while that could be helpful and not diminishing anyone's experience in that, what I learned is that I, I still wasn't connecting with me, like the essence of who I am that is not physical or not, or not my body. I still wasn't with me. And the path of what that has looked like are, are two main things. One learning how to embrace the ups and downs of life, not running away from them, but actually running into them and making conscious choices in my life to put myself in experiences and opportunities that really allow me to get to know who I am and grow to be the best version of myself. So an example of that for me, uh, was my marriage. When I had that 31 something life crisis, um, I had been married less than a year and the fairy tale of what I wanted my relationship with my husband to be that I, you know, hid and suppressed and denied how disconnected I actually was in the relationship really wanted to run. And had met my mentors around that same time and they were, I'm married to a wonderful man and they were helping me see you're, you're the problem and, and helping me to see how I was the problem uh, because I had massive walls up and was very disconnected and emotionally numb. And I was projecting all of that onto him. So my marriage was, was a really important place for me instead of running away from to really run into, to learn and grow about myself, to see the ways not just how I was showing up with my husband, shut down, withdrawn, walled off, um, cold. <laughs> I called myself the ice queen, uh, but pretending to be sweet. Seeing how that was actually a mirror of my relationship with myself, that who I was in my marriage mm. with my husband was the relationship that I had with me, the way that I was constantly nitpicking him apart. I was doing that mm. to myself. And that and and running into that allowed me to really grow and learn in a profound way um, to get to know myself. And it sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like, what do you mean looking at that 
dark underbelly of who you are allows you to connect with yourself, but it, it, cre- it, it creates a self-awareness and a connection with myself to be willing to look at those things and embrace the challenges of life like marriage. And I often say now like marriage is hard at best. Um, it's hard work. <laughs> it, it brings a lot up. Um, but that has been a main method of connecting with myself is really embracing the challenges of life and running into them to grow and learn. And the other way I would say that is very difficult for us as women is learning how to put myself first, mm-hmm. not in a selfish way, not in a, well, this is what I need right now. Deal with it. I'm out. Because yeah. I lived from that place too really is slowing down to actually check in with myself Mm. and and consider what I need instead of being on um, power through mode, running through life and muscling through and being so sped up and so busy that we we don't consider ourselves at all. We're We're at the very bottom of our list and everybody else comes before us, our kids, um, our coworkers, our friends, our family, our spouse, um, the stranger at the grocery store, everybody comes before us. So really learning to slow down and check in with ourselves and make ourselves a priority to be and be able to show up as the best version of ourselves is the best thing we can do for ourselves, but it's also the best thing we can do for our relationships. Because when we're putting ourselves last, we're running on fumes and running on empty and nobody gets any good part of who we are, including ourselves. So that's been a really imperative part of my journey. Awesome. I talk a lot on the show about, um, I coined the term selfless syndrome and that's Mm. the putting everyone else first. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's such a, it's not even a catch 22. I don't know. And I, I get, you know, questions from women. They're like, well, isn't being selfless a good thing? I'm like, not if you have nothing to give. <laughs> and that's, yeah. you know, that's really what we're getting at. It's like, you have to, and for every woman, it's going to be different. And what those activities are, are going to be different, but it's figuring out how you fill your cup. So you can be the best version of you. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah if a, a, a perspective, if I can on, I, I like that you've coined this, the selfless yeah. syndrome is that when we put everyone else and everything else before us. I like to imagine it that we're like a cup with holes in it mm-hmm. and everything we do, putting everyone else before us, trying to serve everybody else, all those actions just leak right through. <laughs> we think they're going to yeah. fill us up and make us feel good and they might temporarily, but then we're like the empty cup with holes in it and it just it leaks right out. And in that experience, there's no self in that, like you're saying that selfless experience, there's no self. So you don't get any of you and nobody else gets any of you. And that's why we feel so disconnected. So trying to be selfless, um, in that way of of putting ourselves last and never considering ourselves. That's why we struggle so much as women to feel like we don't know who we are. We don't feel a connection to ourselves. We feel like we're just floating along in life. We feel like we have no voice that we do what everybody else wants to do. It's coming from essentially a no self. And when we learn to value ourselves and make ourselves a priority, 
and put ourselves first, not in a selfish way, um, in a way where we're being the best version of ourselves. That's where we, there's actually a you. There's a self in there yeah. to get to know. And she's wonderful, <laughs> yeah. I promise. And then yeah. we can bring that self into our relationships. And, and that's where we feel engaged. That's where we feel present. That's where we feel balanced. That's where we have a sense of self and identity of our own that isn't wrapped up in our kids and our spouse and our work and our career and our family. We get to be our own person. So it's a it's very different than what our mind tries to tell us it will be. That you typically, my experience is just resistance because we're we're actually scared to get to know ourselves. We're actually scared to connect yeah. in here, um, or we're scared there's not going to be anyone there to connect with. <laughs> um, or what <laughs> yeah. do I do when I find her? Like I don't know. I what if I don't like me? And we have all kinds of resistance to that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's important to. I was just thinking the distinction between ego and self, like there's, you know, mm. the Freudian and Jungian concept of the ego or the id and all that. And that is, I think is what we associate with being selfish because that tends to be, you know, that like thing that wants to be important and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we're not talking about that. We're, yeah. we're talking about finding your actual true self. Yeah. Letting her come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and giving her protection and love and you know a lot of us it's so buried because we've at some point felt also unsafe and buried that side of ourselves and decided not to show that and we have to learn to cultivate that again so yeah yeah Whew, i kind of got goosebumps from this conversation <laughs> it's a good um, one thank you it is it's very good i'm like <laughs> all right I, honestly, I feel like we've given everyone plenty to think about. So mm -hmm. For those who've, you know, been in this, like, let's just recap and see if there's anything else we want, mm -hmm. want to add. You know, we've got stopping the process of looking outside of ourselves for answers. Um, yeah, really that includes from coaches, diets, mm -hmm. books, <laughs> even, you know, uh, the spiritual realm gets a little more convoluted with that. Like I, I encourage a connection with God, but we also have to connect like in our heart yeah. and not in our head. If I can really quick yeah, just go interject, it. that's what was fascinating, Alex, for me in mm -hmm. my, in my spiritual journey of desperately seeking the thing that was going to fix me. That's how I would summarize yeah my spiritual journey, like what's going to fix me. One, I had to realize I wasn't broken and I didn't need to be fixed. I needed me. Yeah. Um, I never, and I grew up, I had, I grew up as a Catholic, so I Catholic mm -hmm. background and I was a rebel. I was very rebellious <laughs> in my teenagers and in my early twenties. And I was like, I, I though even the word God, I, I didn't want to use and blamed my Catholic upbringing and wanted to connect with the universe as what I defined as my God. And even in all my spiritual seeking, desperate to fix myself, I never found that. And it came full circle that once I built a relationship with myself and I had a connection with me, that's actually where I found a connection with God and built yeah. a relationship with God. And that's an ongoing part of my journey that's actually become very important to me. I wasn't expecting it. It unfolded. Um, 
and that and whatever anyone's beliefs it, it not saying what it should be or shouldn't be it might be the universe yeah. or or however you say that for you for me it ended up being god and i was like that was very unexpected but yeah. i realized if i don't have a connection with me i can't connect with god or that spiritual yeah. part of what i believe in my life i it i can't so that's mm-hmm. been a really that's been a really neat a uh, special part of my journey that's unfolded that, like I said, was very unexpected. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing. That's, that's very, I, you know, it's such a, I don't know why it became so taboo, but like I definitely learned in chiropractic school, like never talk about religion or politics. And yeah. I found when I actually open up and talk about yeah. you know, my, my faith and like other people feel that have permission to do the same. And like, it you know, is. I'm not here to push anything on anybody, but, and there's also a truth, like the more I've and I'm still working on finding myself. Like I have done like maybe since the beginning of this year, I really started to get it um, and stopping to look for all the external things and like just let myself go within and and being okay with pausing to do that. Um, But I feel more of a connection for me. It's also God, you know, and you can name it, whatever you need to name it to have that there. But like, I know there is a power, you know, above me and I feel more connected that way since I've done often the things that, you know, I'm, I, define myself as Christian, but that Christianity is like, yeah, don't do like I know. meditation and like, you know, there's these buzzwords like energy. And I'm like, no, <laughs> actually yeah. like it's been around forever and it's helping me feel more spiritually aligned and present. Yeah. So yeah, it is interesting to look outside those yeah. preconceived constructs that we have in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's so. interesting how I did it. I grew up in the South um, and, and very much, you know, it's coined the Bible belt and yeah you know, so I was used to talking about God and everybody talked about God and their faith. And, mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the line and in, in my early, maybe like late teens, early twenties, maybe the people I was around or the environment I was in, it, it, it became very taboo to talk about God. And then I even noticed that in my spiritual circles, um, yeah. that I was a part of, it was also very taboo to even use the word God. And, so it was very interesting when I when I came yeah. around and like no that's the word for me and that's I I I actually am more Christian and didn't realize it. it's just been fascinating really really fascinating yeah very and what I love about your story is like you just owned what it is for you yeah in finding yourself like and that yeah. is what is so cool about all this is like and and what I really you know what drives me is like women really connecting with who we are and owning it because we are much more powerful and much more capable and all of the things than we give ourselves credit for. Or so much more, so much yeah. more. And just that to know, like, like I said in the very beginning, like, I'm just like, a, I never would have thought it 10 years ago. I wanted to be complicated. I wanted to have all the woo woo things that for me. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, I am really simple. I love baking. I like, I live in Colorado and I love going kayaking. I like hammocking. Um, I, I love what I do uh, for, for work and in my, in my path. Um, and, and for some of my clients and people I work with, they, once they connect with themselves, they have a deeper connection to their practice of yoga or meditation mm-hmm. and the very, uh, the other things they do. And I encourage that. And I think it's wonderful. For me, I had to see it was all a facade. None of it was me. So like, I don't practice yoga anymore. I don't meditate. <laughs> I don't, not because there aren't benefits in those things or that that's somebody else's path. I just really went off and left field for me and realized, oh, that's, 
I'm not being true to myself. I don't, I like the way yoga makes me look <laughs> and, like, and, then, and how I look in my clothes, but I don't actually feel called to that. That's not who I am. So it's, it's really fun to discover who you are and find yeah. the things that are true to you, whatever they are. And, and only you can know that in yourself when you're on a path to get to know who you are. But it's, I have to yeah. say, it's really freeing to let go of the things that aren't actually you and that you yeah. don't actually like. And, and it's okay. Like it's okay. It okay. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes it can be a huge, I've talked quite a bit, like I've had identity shifts and crisis mm-hmm. of my own because I was a chiropractor for 10 years. And I listened to that episode. I was like, okay. I was clapping. Yeah. I, was listening. I was like, yes, good for you. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, and I share my journey just to inspire everybody else who listens to this. Like we all have to find that for ourselves and, you know, and there's courage that's needed to make the leap when you're comfortable or, or when you've got, you know, what that is. And we can both tell you that you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) You're going to be more than fine. You're going to be amazing. (laughs) More than fine. And just so just like it's a huge weight off of letting go of the things that aren't you. It's so nice. (laughs) And you find so much energy there because you're no longer like having to give your energy by trying to do it all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, um, this has been amazing. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. It's been a really nice conversation. Thank yeah. you, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, how can women connect with you or, you know, where, mm-hmm. where can we find you if we want more? Yeah. In our lives? Of course. Of course. Uh, my website is a happinesscourse.com. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I teach a, a 10 week course for women to teach you the roadmap to happiness. That's worked for me. It's called awakened grace. Um, and then also, uh, I have a free class if anyone would like it. I don't have it up on a page yet, but you're more than welcome to email me and I'll also make sure you have my email address yeah. um, to put in the show notes. But I have a free master class on how to beat overwhelm and gain control of your life. So if anyone listening would like that um, and, and would like to, to learn a little bit more about what I teach in that way, then I'm happy to send that to you. Just shoot me an email. Awesome. Now I'll put links to links to all that in the show notes. All right. All right. Well, thank you again. This has been awesome for me. So I know everyone else will enjoy, but yeah. Thanks so much, Alex. It's been great to be here today and a really nice way to spend my Monday afternoon. So thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the selfless syndrome show. I truly couldn't make the show if it weren't for you, my amazing, lovely, and loyal listener. I so appreciate the emails, the shout outs, the shares, and the reviews, all of which inspire me and motivate me to keep coming back to the mic week after week in order to provide high quality content that helps you find that elusive thing called balance and really build the life, career, and body you are worthy of. I have one little request. If you have benefited from this show in any way, I would so appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and review the show. You can leave a five-star review, leave an honest review. This really helps us get in front of more amazing listeners just like you and keep growing our mission to help women leaders around the world build the life, career, and body they are worthy of. Mm